0: Well, howdy South you and online viewers everywhere. We are joining the social distancing movement, following the guidance of the health care and civil authorities to help slow the progression of the COVID-19 coronavirus. That's what we're doing. As such, we've canceled church for this Sunday, the 15th of March, and all our public meetings through Saturday, the 21st. By next Friday, or this coming Friday, the 20th, we will make a decision about next Sunday and following weeks. Of course, as a Southview family member, you've also got this Day of Resurrection, our Easter drama, in your mind. This Day of Resurrection is scheduled for Palm Sunday weekend, April 1st through 4th, and a decision about this Day of Resurrection will be forthcoming as well. We simply want to allow more time before making these decisions. So, know two things about our decision. First, the decision to cancel our public worship services today and all our events this week was not made lightly. We value gathering together as a body of believers. We are the church no matter where we're at, but when we're together, that's just something special, isn't it? Second... Because we love you and because we love our community, we are motivated to cancel our services to protect those who are most vulnerable to the COVID-19. Those particularly that are 60 plus, especially those that are more than 80 years old and those with respiratory problems. So it's not out of fear, but out of love and compassion that we chose to cancel our public worship service and meetings today. So what can you do to help prevent COVID-19? You've probably seen those things already, but I'll just hit it just in case you haven't, or maybe you need a reminder. Stay at home as much as possible. Social distancing through isolation is the most effective way to stop the spread of the virus. If you must go out, maintain three to six foot distance if you're able to. Cover a cough like in your arm, not with your hand. Because uh, as best as understood, the COVID-19 is spread through the droplets that carry the virus. Avoid touching surfaces as much as possible. Touching those surfaces, the, uh, the virus, as best as known now, can live for up to nine days on surfaces. So, of course, the other thing you want to do is wash your hands frequently, especially if you've been out touching other things around other people, and wash them for at least 20 seconds with soap. So those are a few things to keep in mind, but we've got to turn our attention today to our sermon. And it's no coincidence to God or to me that the sermon that about 4 months ago I laid out to preach on this day is on the topic of loving others. What a better time than now. Though we express our love uh or though we may express our love in different ways because of COVID-19, We still get the opportunity to consider that today. So if you'd like to find our outline, you can do that on our website, on the podcast page, southviewbaptist.org backslash podcast, and on the link for today's sermon, March 15th, you'll see the outline if you want to follow along. I'll reference it because I have it in my notes and as if you were sitting in the pews and listening to it, but you may want to do that before you watch any more of this video just so you're fully prepared to take notes. One other thing about today, today has been declared by our president as a national day of prayer for COVID-19 in our nation. So as always, let's pray before we go any further with this sermon. Our Father in heaven, we come before you this morning in different circumstances. We're not gathered together as a church. I'm not even in the sanctuary, but in my office, but no matter where I am, And no matter when this sermon is watched or listened to, and by who it is watched or listened to, your word is still truth and you are still sovereign. And we turn to you, sovereign God, in a time like this, a time of global pandemic, in a time of crisis. I know some of us may be thinking, what's the big deal? And is this overreacting? Uh, But it's all about trying to slow down the virus and all about trying to keep people safe, because we will probably all know somebody that gets it, and most of us will know somebody that may pass away because of it. So, Father, with these things in mind and the changes of our lifestyle that are going to take place in the weeks ahead, we pray that you give us wisdom, that you give us patience, that you give us restraint and understanding. We pray, Father, that you uh, manage or help manage uh, the resources that are available to care for those that are sick so that uh, folks will not pass away, that they will be able to be saved if they're infected, and that you give wisdom to all those in the healthcare system and the civil government authorities making decisions. And for our church family and those we love, Father, we certainly pray your protection. And now, God, we ask that you speak to us through the sermon about loving others, when we consider especially how we might love others through this trying time. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. So our topic today in our third sermon in our Belong series is loving others. And our key text is in John 13. And we will look at John 13 verses 34 and 35 in particular, but the entirety of the chapter as we go. The Bible's quite clear about loving others. 1 Corinthians 16.4 says, Do everything in love. There is no equivocation or no doubt there. 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. A pastor friend of mine, Steve Besner, said that loving your neighbor is rarely convenient. Also in 1 John chapter 4 verse 7 and 8 it says dear friends let us love one another for love comes from God and everyone who loves God has been born of God and knows God whoever does not love does not know God because God is love we're commanded to love one another as it demonstrates who we are in Christ our scripture memory verse for the month here at Southview is John 14:21 and that says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I, too, will love them and show myself to them. There's a relationship in the Bible between love and obedience. That's Jesus' command. We'll look at that further next week. But this week, we turn our attention to Jesus teaching on loving others. Jesus teaching on loving others. Let me read to you those two key verses for our sermon today. John 13:34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. These are the words of Jesus. The first thing we need to consider in the first point on your outline today is Jesus' command. Jesus' command here is love one another. Love one another. Again, there is no equivocation there. It's absolutely imperative, and it is a command that we are to love one another. Go ahead to Ephesians chapter four, verses two and three in your New Testament. And Paul wrote with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, that eager to maintain the unity of the spirit, in the bond of peace. He said, "We're to do these things to walk worthy in Ephesians four one of the name we have of Jesus, and it's with humility and gentleness that we're to bear with one another in love, and all these things work together." to help us love one another. But our question is, how well do I follow this command? How well do I follow the command to love one another? Well, it kind of depends on the day, doesn't it? Or the moment. Or maybe it depends on the other person, or maybe the other person at that moment. You know, the people that most of the time they're okay, but sometimes they just flat annoy you and they make it hard for you to love them. Well, how could you love others selflessly like Jesus all the time is the question. If Jesus' command is that we're to love one another, we have to ask ourselves, how can we do that, to love others like Jesus? Well, the answer is on your own. You can't. Only Jesus can, because only Jesus is Jesus. You are not Jesus. Look in the mirror. Make sure you're not Jesus. You're not, right? As John the Baptist said in John 3.30, I must decrease, he, that's Jesus, must increase. The same is true of us. When we're asked about loving others, we have got to choose to empty ourselves of self that we might be filled with Jesus so that we might love others like Jesus would. There's a couple specific considerations we can have in relation to the COVID-19 virus when we think about loving others. The one thing that all of us can do and should do is call others, maybe even video chat one another if we have the capability through our laptop computers or our phones or tablets or whatever. We can certainly offer help to those who should not get out, those that are elderly or those that have respiratory conditions. Do some shopping for them. And, you know, as far as delivering that shopping to them, you'll have to decide whether you're just going to put it on their doorstep and back away and talk to them or go in and give them a hug, but avoid touching or sneezing or coughing or anything like that. Another thing that we can do, all of us can do, that is simple to demonstrate Jesus' love to others through this time is smile. Have you noticed that people all have this kind of game face on and they're freaking out and they're just not themselves necessarily? Smile, not because we're making light of the seriousness of this, but because we know that God is sovereign and we want to demonstrate our love to others. Something else we can do to show our love to others is share. You don't need all 24 packs of toilet paper at the store. You can share with others. Of course, we need to mind our hands. You know, what we touch and are we coughing or sneezing or touching our face? That's another one of those things we're not supposed to do because let's say we touch a surface that someone else has touched, then we touch our face. That's how we get the cold or the flu or COVID-19. We can be considerate of others, just common courtesy. We can demonstrate love in simple ways. And another thing we can all do is pray. Certainly, I just let us in that prayer, as today is the National Day of Prayer, but you can do it too. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for our city. Pray for our church. Pray for our nation. Pray for opportunities to share Jesus' love with others. All of us can do these things. So that's the first point on our outline is Jesus' command, love others. Well, Jesus gives us a qualifier too. Let's go back to our scripture, verse 34. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So, you must love one another. So, that's the second point on your outline. That's Jesus' qualification. And Jesus' qualification is, as I have loved you. Later in John chapter 15, verse 12, he says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. In John chapter 15, verse 13, He says, Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down his life. In John fifteen seventeen, Jesus says, These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Well, what things did He command? That there's no greater love than to lay down your life, that, that you're keeping His commands, that you're chosen to bear lasting fruit, that love is the lasting fruit. Loving others is what Jesus has called us to do. When we think about the considerations in reference to the COVID virus and thinking about loving as Jesus loved, we need to remember that we can love sacrificially, that Jesus laid down His life for us, now, we may not be called to lay down our life for others, but certainly those that are in the healthcare field right now, if the pandemic gets bad wherever you're at, it may be that you're putting yourself, well, not maybe, it is that you are putting yourself in harm's way, uh, being exposed to people with coronavirus and the hours you're working and the time. And those of us who have family members in the healthcare field. And any of us that need to work in public to help supply the needs of others, let's say you work at a grocery store. We literally may be laying down our life for others. Jesus loved through sacrifice. But Jesus also loved through teaching. And he, in His teaching, He gave time. He was patient. He invested. And it was about relationships. Jesus' love was personal. And though we may need to keep some social distance, we can still demonstrate that sort of love for others now and be personal with our phone calls, with our video calls, with helping our neighbors in need. There's all kinds of ways we can do it, and this COVID-19 virus gives us opportunities to do that as well. So, that second point for us to consider, of course, number two, was Jesus' qualification, that we're to love as He loved us. But your application question there is, how well do I follow His example? Again, if you're like me, it depends on the moment, it depends on the situation, it depends on the person. But Jesus calls us to love others as He loved others. But He makes us a promise too. That's your third point on your outline. The third point today is Jesus' promise. Jesus' promise, and that's you'll be known as mine. That's in verse 35, John thirteen thirty-five. He says, by this, loving others, All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus' promise to us is that we will be known as His when we love others. The hallmark of Christ followers is Christ-like love. It's the other sort of love. It's supernatural. Remember the worldly kind of love that people talk about that's an emotion that's fleshly? That's natural, and it's selfish, but God's love is other-ish. It's God-powered. It's other-focused, and it's self-sacrificing. And what a better time to demonstrate that kind of love than now with something like COVID-19 happening, and we're just at the beginning of it. They're saying that the peak of it could be April 4th through 16th. That peak may come a little sooner if we do these social distancing things, and we close schools and sporting events and churches, and we del- uh, uh, keep it from being quite so bad but Jesus makes us this promise that when we love others, others will know that we are Christ followers. Colossians 3.14 says, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, love. These are the virtues that are talked about in Colossians chapter 3. And love ties them all together. That love helps us to be compassionate. Love motivates us to be kind. Love um, enables us to be humble and patient. In 1 John 3.18, it says, My children, our love should not be just words and talk. It must be true love, which shows itself in actions. When we think about the COVID considerations here, that we will be known as Jesus's by our love, we have to think about what we do, but more so how we do it. Are the things we're doing in order to demonstrate our love to others done in a loving way? And is it just us trying really hard? Or is it us saying, okay, God, I can't do this on my own. I don't feel like doing this on my own. I need Jesus to come through me. Because on my own, I really don't like this person and I really don't want to share and I really feel tired and I really don't want to be nice. So that leads us to your third question. When we think about others knowing that we belong to Jesus, that His promise is you'll be known as mine, we have to ask that third question. What does my life teach about Jesus? When other people look at you What example of Christianity do they see? Do they see one that's genuine, humble, loving, kind, patient, considerate, full of the fruits of the Spirit and full of Jesus? Or do they see somebody who's hypocritical and shallow and untrustworthy and of poor character? What do people see when they look at me? Jesus said, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. This is the first half of our sermon. I know you're kind of going, Okay, pastor, uh, we need to get done. But here's the amazing thing. Keep in mind our principles of biblical hermeneutics. The first one, of course, is let Scripture interpret Scripture. But the other one, of course, is to know the context of what you're studying and what's around it. And when we look around these commands Jesus gives us in John 13, 34 and 35, to love others as He loved us, it's really quite astounding. Jesus said to them, my time has come to die. And the one thing you must do to demonstrate that you belong to me is love one another. And when did He do this? Well, John 13, verse 1, starts with Jesus washing His disciples' feet. John 13, verse 18, starts with Judas betraying Jesus. John 13, verse 36, is Jesus predicting Peter's denial. So, this command that Jesus gives us to love others as He has loved us is sandwiched between His washing of feet, the betrayal of Judas, and the denial prediction of Peter. Jesus' command to love is between a betrayal and denial sandwich. Does that not make His command to us to love all the more powerful to you? I don't know about me, but when I studied that this week, or I don't know about you, excuse me, but when I studied that this week, I was so taken back. So let's consider briefly before we go today the context of Jesus' teaching on loving others. Because He didn't give these commands in a vacuum, just like we don't live in a vacuum. And COVID-19 is reality in our world right now. Jesus' commands to us begin with the first point there. The fourth major point on your outline is Jesus' example. And that example is humble service. Jesus washed his disciples feet listen to what it says in John 13 1 it was just before the Passover feast Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave his world and go to the father having loved his own who were in the world he now showed them the full extent of his love so did you catch that? Of all the things these guys, his disciples, had seen him do and experienced life with him over three years, now he's going to show him the full extent of his love? And how does he do that? The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So even though Jesus knows what's going to happen, and that Judas is inhabited by Satan to do God's will, he knows God's sovereign and control. So what's it say in verse 4, John thirteen four. Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. He's taking on the position of a servant, the lowliest servant or slave. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet drying them with the towel wrapped around him. Jesus demonstrates this amazing act of humble service. He tells us where to love others. And by this will all men know we're his disciples. And he gives an example to his disciples of what loving others looks like that when you humbly serve others. Skipping ahead to John 13, verse 12. When he, Jesus, had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. He's not done yet. Verse 15, John 13, 15. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus, before giving the command of John 13.34 to love others as He has loved, gives an example of what that love is like, and that love is the most humble, menial, selfless type of service there is. In His case, taking on the role of a slave and washing people's dirty feet. That gives us a consideration when we think about the COVID-19 virus and our response, who are we going to serve? How are we going to serve them? Will we be willing to serve as Jesus did? Your question there under your fourth point asks why would Jesus wash their feet? Well, their feet needed washing, for one. It was practical. But more so, It was theological to teach them, to teach them what it meant to be humble, to teach them what it meant to serve. But then it was relational to show them He loved them. He did love these guys. They weren't just pawns. They weren't just actors. These were His closest friends. And to demonstrate the depth of His love that He was about to go to the cross and die for them. He takes on the role of a slave, the most humble servant, and washes their feet. So we're considering the context of Jesus teaching on loving others. And the second part of that content is in verses 21 and following, and that's Jesus' betrayal. And if you're on your outline, that's the fifth major point on your outline, Jesus' betrayal, and it's a heartbreaking happening, is what I called it. Because this is when Judas, who has been filled with Satan, the devil, moves forward with his plan to betray Jesus, and Jesus names him to the other disciples, and they can't believe it. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you is going to betray me. That's John thirteen twenty one. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to which of them he meant. So, Judas must have been acting well enough they didn't know. Verse 23, one of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, ask him which one he means. Based on Scripture, commentators tell us that they were laying around the table as Judas, Jesus, and John the Evangelist who wrote the Gospel of John. And when they lay, they would lay reclining on their left arm with a pillow tucked up under them and their feet going back diagonally from the table. And then the person next to you, their head, would be about the middle of your chest. And so here's Judas laying here, and Jesus' head is right here. Jesus can turn his head and talk to Judas just like this. He could reach over and pat Judas. And then Jesus here and John, the evangelist there, and John, who refers to himself as the disciple Jesus loved, is right there. He can literally lay his head back on Jesus' chest, and Jesus could give him a hug. Jesus could tousle his hair because he was a younger guy, almost like a little brother. And so you see this picture of the man who's about to betray Jesus. Jesus, love incarnate, and this disciple who loved Jesus so much, these three men right there. And the picture that Judas, who knew Jesus so well, is about to betray him. Heartbreaking, isn't it? I ask a question for us on our fifth point there, and that's how might Jesus feel about this? I know it's a squishy kind of question. It's a slippery kind of question to imagine Jesus' feelings. But Jesus was a human just like you and me. So maybe you should just ask yourself, if somebody you thought you knew, if somebody who you had spent years with, if somebody who you had spent hours and days with betrayed you heinously so that you would be killed and you knew it was coming, How would you want to treat that person? If you read the text in John 13 there, and I'm not reading it all for the sake of time, from verse 21 through verse 31, you see that Jesus gave Judas chance and chance again to change his mind, but he didn't. When we consider the heartache that Jesus must have felt, this I think is going to apply to us with this COVID-19 situation as well. There's going to be heartache that comes as a result of it. By the way, some people treat us because they're being selfish and thinking of themselves, or because some people we know suffer or even die as a result of it. Keep in mind, Jesus knows our heartache, and He cares for us. We've got a sixth and final point. Your sixth and final point on your outline is Jesus' denial. That's skipping down to the end of the chapter, and that's verse 36, 37, and 38. And it's a disappointing prediction, is what I call it. Jesus' denial is a disappointing prediction. He knew Peter was going to deny him, yet he loved him. Listen to what it says. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Verse 37, Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Verse 38, then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. You know the rest of the story. You know that Peter did. Jesus knew he would too, and he loved him nonetheless when we consider our situation with COVID-19 and coronavirus, we could deny that it's going to be a reality. But no matter their response, not doing it for their thanks or the recognition, no matter their love or respect, you can serve Jesus. That no matter how other people treat you, No matter what they think of you and what you're doing in a situation like this, you love them and you serve them because Jesus gave us that example. Jesus gave us that command. Love one another as I have loved you. You've got a final question on your outline. And that's, what might Jesus think about this? What might Jesus think about... Peter's denial of him. Again, it's a hard question because we're not Jesus, but we are human. And Jesus was human and had all the emotions and feelings we did. And how would we feel if somebody we knew was going to deny us and say that they didn't know us? It had to hurt. But yet, Jesus loved him no matter what. We must love others too no matter who, no matter what, no matter when. I've been reading Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline lately with a church member and friend, Nathan Wakefield. And in his chapter on serving others as a spiritual discipline, Richard Foster makes an interesting distinction between choosing to serve and choosing to be a servant. Choosing to serve, Foster says, is you get to choose what you're going to do, who you're going to do it to, and when you're going to do it. You are a servant, and that is a good thing. Uh, Or excuse me, you are serving, and that is a good thing. But he differentiates that from being a servant, that a servant has sacrificed all their choices of who, when, where, and what, and they're just available no matter who, no matter what no matter when. I wonder if we could apply that to this situation in loving others. That we might say, I can choose to love this person, but I'm not going to choose to love that person. That's not Christ-like. Jesus would say, you need to choose to be a Christ follower, which means that you love anyone, anyone, no matter what. Let's pray together. God, our Father, we come before you this morning, and as always, we're humbled by and thankful for the challenge of your word. That as we consider the context of Jesus' command, that he's between a betrayal and a denial sandwich, and has just demonstrated such great humility when he gives us the command to love one another that it heightens all the more our need to empty ourselves of self and to seek to be full of Jesus our Lord. Through our prayers, through reading our Bibles, through spiritual disciplines, that you might fill us with Jesus. And in this time of crisis and consideration, when our worlds are turned upside down for the next days or weeks because of COVID-19, we pray, Father that you would remind us of this lesson again and again, to love one another. And not that we would respond out of duty or out of guilt, but that we would selflessly, Christ-likely, lay our lives down for others. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.